Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Fresh off a dominant victory over Paulo Costa in the UFC 253 main event, I am happy to welcome in today the reigning, defending UFC middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya. Hey, Damon, how are you? I am good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me, man. I really appreciate it. No worries. Light work. Light work. <laughs> how is uh, how is everything in quarantine? Easy. I just finished training with my boys, and yeah, it's living the life, man, living the life. Absolutely, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this again. Congratulations, of course, on an amazing victory. I know it's been you know, over a week now, but, uh, you know, you've had a chance to go back and rewatch it. I know fighters are always their own worst critics, so I'll ask you, how did you yeah. grade your performance? Ooh, that's a good question. I will give myself, honestly, and. A plus. I'll give myself an A plus. I don't want to say plus plus, but I'll give myself an A plus just because I, I don't want to be too hard on myself because I am my own worst critic. I've watched it and I, I've seen, I've seen if I was, if I was fighting me, what I would have done different if I was, if I was Costa, because people kept on saying, oh, he should have stuck to his game plan. Costa just didn't do anything. And they're, they're all trying to take the win away from me by saying it was him. But I know no matter what, it wasn't him. It was me. I froze him. I told you, it's different when you're in front of me. It's different. You think you're just going to walk me down? Fuck no. So, yeah, I'll give myself an A+. Plus. Absolutely. It was, a, it was a great game plan to dismantle him. Obviously, you guys do a lot of hard work to get ready for your fights. Is he, did it play out pretty much the way you and Eugene and the rest of your coaches had planned it? Um, to be honest, it was easier. Like, I knew I would make it look easy, but I thought I'd take even a couple of shots to the face. I thought maybe I might get hit a little bit, but there was nothing, none of that. It was just so easy, effortless almost. Yeah. One of my favorite things you talked about post-fight, and I wrote about it. I was so excited. It was such a really cool thing to hear. It was your dad giving you the advice about your pink hair. And I wouldn't, even, I yeah. would not have even thought of that, to be honest with you. Uh, mm. That was brilliant. I, I got to say, that was such a brilliant piece of advice. I loved that. I absolutely loved that. Yeah, man. My dad's a brilliant man. And his seat is not too bad himself. <laughs> so, of course, the fight played out, you know, pretty dominantly. I don't know that there's a lot to break down considering how dominant your performance was. But uh, considering all the bad blood or all the things that, you know, Costa had said, could you have imagined that playing out any better? No. Right down to the bump, the double tap, the tea bag at the end. It was perfect. Like, I fought my fight perfectly like it could i'm trying I could, it could have gone even better if i flatlined them maybe but now nah, i kind of like i no nah, fuck that it was perfect i'm glad he was conscious you know for, for, for you know for unconscious for a little bit but i wanted him to feel if it was flatlined i think he wouldn't have really felt he would have just woke up and been shocked but i'm glad he was conscious to feel me dominating him yeah, absolutely. 
to that point, Izzy, let me ask you about your uh, your post-fight celebration. You know, there's like this mixed reaction. Some people said, hey, it's fair game. When you talk trash and you say bad things and a guy celebrates on you, that's how the sport works. Other people say, oh, it's martial arts. You got to respect the guy. And afterwards, you put all the bad blood behind you. Now, I tend to fall into the earlier category where I say, listen, Paulo Costa said a lot of bad things leading into this fight. And when you when you, when you you get knocked out or you get finished, that's unfor- that's, the, that's the other side of it. When you have to reap what you sow. Uh Is that kind of how you feel about, like, everyone's reaction to the post-fight celebration? I couldn't give a fuck what they think, to be honest. For me, I just felt like it was – I didn't even think about it. I didn't plan it. It was just justified. Like, you know when you're on Call of Duty, you you smoke someone with a headshot, and then you go over them and then press circle down and up, down and up, kind of teabag them? That's kind of what I did, you know? Um, And, yeah, regardless, I think what they – what it is is homophobia. People are just mad to go, oh, why, why are you doing that? You're not a man. Because they feel inadequate. Or they question their own sexuality. But, like, for me, I was just like, dude, dude said so much shit to me leading up to the fight. He insulted me in so many different ways. I mean, That was just like, what? That was pretty much a second after the fight was over. And you expect me to be gracious? Are you fucking kidding me? I was gracious when I walked up to him and I said, you're going to shake my hand? And he shook my hand. And I said, good fight. Hey, thank you. Thank you for the game. And I tapped him on the shoulder. I was gracious when I secretly DM'd him and, you know, check, you know, how's your leg, you know? And I, I just wanted to check on him because I know, like, the other side of the coin, how down someone was feeling. And I told him on the DM, I was like, you know, if you were, you were disrespectful, so I have to be disrespectful back. If you were respectful, then I'd be respectful. But I have to make an example out of you. I let him know in the DM, and then he put out a video saying, well, I want to kill you. I want to kill you. And then I fucking released the, the, the DMs saying, look, this is this is what happened when I DM'd him. So, yeah, I'm not an asshole. But if you're an asshole to me, oh, boy, I can give it right back. <laughs> After the fight, I'm not going to ask you for the reaction again to when he released that video, all the kind of crazes, the outrage. But I'll ask you another question. Considering mm-hmm. what Paulo has done and what you had seen out of him, do you feel like you'll ever cross paths with him again? Or do you feel like this one win is probably the only time you're going to see him in your career? I don't think I ever see him again, to be honest. I think this is going to be like um, Conor McGregor and Jose Aldo. Like he has to, he has to let it go. He has to let it go. Example, I've lost before. I've been knocked out before by one of his countrymen. I never like, and if you know what the funny thing is, they're the same guy that knocked me out. He's the same guy still calling me out. <laughs> so who's really winning? You know what I mean? And it's not, and you know why? Because I, I don't chase that. I don't need it back. I'm like, eh, it happened. It taught me a valuable lesson and staying true to myself and staying true to my craft and not listening to what anyone else said. It taught me a really valuable lesson at that. So I'm grateful it happened, but you don't see me calling out the same guy like, no, nah, I got to get it back. Like, I don't need it. Like it happened, it's in the past. Even when I knock him out again, if he comes to the UFC, it's never going to erase what happened. It's already happened, so you have to just accept it and move on. Which is the advice I give Paulo: You're never going to get this one back. You know, if by some crazy miracle or work ethic he does come up in the rankings again, he he can't unfuck himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've I've done it to him and I've embarrassed him. So he just has to accept it and realize my mouth wrote checks my ass couldn't cash. 
and Israel likes to collect. So yeah, it happened and let it go. So that's that's my advice for it because that's what I did. I never really looked to go chase any losses I've had back. I've gotten a few back in the past, but yeah, that's because they just came up and I was like, right, this is my chance at re redemption. But if and I'm I'm fine with where I'm at. So he has to be all right with where he's at and move on. Yeah. You've been a guy, I mean, you've seen all sides of it since you've become champion. You know, you've had the, the haters who come out in force and say, you're this, you're that. But you've also had praise. Mm -hmm. I, I saw you saw it the other day. George St. Pierre mm -hmm. called you the perfect fighter. Now, I don't know what your opinion mm -hmm. on George is, but George is one of those guys who's so well-revered, so well-respected, one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time, oh. in terms of what he's done. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to you when a fighter of that caliber calls you a perfect fighter? Yeah, man. Um, George St. Pierre, when he was active, you know, when I was just a fan, to be honest, I respected him so much as a person. And I'll say this, and please don't clickbait headline me, but he wasn't my favorite artist. You know, Anderson Silva was because this is subjective. Art is subjective. And some people love the way George fought and, you know, how to them. I liked it, but I wouldn't say I loved it. But as a person, as the way he carried himself as a champion, I could never say anything bad about the guy. You know, he wasn't my favorite artist, but the way he carried himself out of the ring, the way he carried himself as a champion, fucking my hat off to him 10 times over. And to hear him say, I'm a role model, I've always hated that term because I'm like, bro, like, oh, you're a role model. My kid looks up to you. I'm like, yeah, raise your own kids. You know, like, and that's not me trying to take away from that. I understand because of the per position I'm in, but you can't put that on me. But for him to say something like that about me and to, for him to understand, you know, what I'm doing, you know, like he said, um, Israel is, you know, knows what he's doing with this game. I love me or hate me, but you won't ignore me. And I've said that, bro. I've said that. Like, you don't have to buy my pay-per-views, you know, you, but you will. You're going to pay. You're going to fucking pay. I'm not talking money. You're going to pay attention. You can't ignore me. Just, just, I'm not even trying. I'm just ignorable. I'm just unignorable, sorry. So yeah, George, I love, you know, the way he dominated. One of my favorite wins of, of his was the Carlos Condit win because of the way he came back. And I was going for Carlos in that fight, but the way he came back, that was, I was like, bro, you can't fault this guy. He is one of the best of all time. So for me to get a, a compliment like that from one of the GOATs, GOATs recognize GOATs. Yeah, absolutely. To that point, let's talk about the flip side of that. Uh, a guy that you've had, man, I talk, I say war of words, that almost doesn't even cover it with uh, what's been going on with John Jones over the past couple of weeks. And I know you've told me in the past, you have fun with it. You don't, you're not trying to take it personal. You have fun with it. And you know that you kind of get in his head and things like that. But what have these past couple of, you know, these past week and a half of John, because we know that's a fight you want. We know that's a fight that's eventually going to happen, but it just feels like every time you fight, this kind of starts up again. Say that again. Every time I fight, he does what? <laughs> it feels like it starts up again. He starts it up again. You know why? Because he's scared. He, this is the thing, bro. He keeps saying, oh, is he really ready to move up and wait? Is he really ready to move up and wait? It's been damn near since 2013. He's been teasing, I'm going to move up to heavyweight. It's 2020. Is he ever going to be ready to move up and wait? But yet, they're trying to make me move up and wait early so that way they can get me. Because they know John's been in my position before. He understands the power of momentum. He understands the power that a win like this does for me. And they wish they got me like three fights ago. They wish they got me 
just after I got the belt. That's why when I got the belt, he he's the one that brought my name up first, that he wanted to fight me. You know why? Because he knew I was a threat. He knew I'm a big money fight. He knew this is the guy. So again, I only ever talk about him when I'm asked about him. I never bring him up in interviews. It's only when I'm like, you just ask me about him. So I'm talking about him now. But every time I fight, no one ever asks him anything, but he always just brings me up. You know why? Because he's scared and he knows that I know he's scared. And that's the thing. He understands. I've seen him live, bro. He, bro, listen to this. The guy cleaned out his division. Instead of moving up in weight, what does he do? He starts to fight middleweights who moved up. For, you know, like uh, Anthony Smith, uh, Tiago Santos, you name them. He just decides to, oh, sandbag it. Why doesn't he move up on weight? And he's teasing it again. I'm going to move up on weight. He ain't going to do shit. Trust me, he ain't going to do shit. He's talking about it. I think, you know what? I don't even care what he does. Like, I'm still coming for him. Like, regardless when he wins, when he loses, whatever, I'm coming for him. That's a fight I want because I just want to prove to I want to prove a point. That's the thing. I just want to prove a point. You said something there that kind of reminded me. I talked to Curtis Blades a couple days ago, and I asked him about John because, again, the talk was John going to heavyweight. And he kind of stopped me and said, John's not going to heavyweight. He told me he believes it's all a publicity stunt. He doesn't believe it as far as John is coming to heavyweight. Do you agree with that? Do you believe this is all talk and ultimately it's going to be John maybe fighting Jan or John trying to fight you? It's not John actually going up to fight Mm -hmm. Francis or Stipe or those guys. He don't want that smoke. He, he can do. I'm not saying he can't do well. I think he'll do very well at heavyweight, possibly. But he doesn't want that smoke because he's scared. He's a guy that's stated since 2013. So why, why should he do it now? The only reason I believe him now maybe is because he relinquished the belt. But who knows? Who knows even why? There's always something in the background. Maybe he did something stupid that he had. To, he was forced to let go of the belt and just keep it on the wraps that they hit in New Mexico. Who knows? Another hit or run, another binge, another bender. Who knows, man? But for me, I have done it in kickboxing. I moved up in heavyweight, super heavyweight to be in fact. Actually, no, no, it was heavyweight, not super heavyweight, my bad. I did it in boxing. I beat Brian Minto, who's a former heavyweight world champion in boxing. I'm going to do it in MMA. I'm not a guy who teases it and doesn't do it. I've said it already, International Fight Week 2021, and he's still trying to make it happen ASAP. His teammate just said, she said um, in an interview I saw on Instagram, like a little snippet, she said something about writing her own story and never letting anyone write her story for her. Ditto. I've written my own story this far. I'm never going to let anyone force my hand, you know? And he's the one saying, oh, is, is, is he ready? Is he Maybe you should ask Eugene. Motherfucker, ask yourself, are you really ready to move up to heavyweight? Because you've been teasing that since 2013, and you ain't done shit. Let me ask you this, Izzy. You're a guy, and I think this gets misconstrued because you're the superstar. You're the champion. When you say things, it kind of gets amplified more because of who you mm-hmm. are, kind of like with Connor. Whenever Connor says something, everything gets amplified because it's Connor. Uh, Paulo mm-hmm. Costa comes after you, you react. You weren't necessarily you know, trying to trash the guy until he said something about you. Now, I'm bringing this up because mm-hmm. I want to make it clear. John brought this mm-hmm. up first. John, when he started talking about you, said something about your dad. He said something about your dad mm-hmm. and the advice he gave you, and you reacted and said something yeah. back. Now, again, I want to make that clear. He started, you reacted. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. But in that, so I'm not I gonna react. I respond. That's what I'm therapy. Yeah. Never react. I respond because reaction. If you're reacting, um, there's a time for reaction. When I, that's when I'm fighting, I can trust my instincts, you know. But it, out of the cage, I, I like to respond these days and react. And yeah, he talked about my father, and then I brought up his mother, who rest in peace has passed away. But people are faulting me like you don't talk about a man's dead mother. I'm like you don't talk about a man's father. 
I don't give a fuck if your mom is dead or alive. Don't bring my father or my family into this because this is this is work. You know what I mean? So if you bring up anything about my family, that's open season. I'm coming for your whole fucking family, your whole clan. So yeah, he brought up my father, and I just I didn't say anything bad about his mother. I'm sure she was a lovely lady. He actually looks like he has a good family, you know, outside, you know, like outside of the cage. So I would never say anything disrespectful about his mother. All I said was your mom will be disappointed at who you become because he brought up my father. So I don't give a fuck if your mom is dead. Don't talk about my dad, even though he's alive. Don't yeah. talk about my family, and it's fair game. I won't talk about your mom if you don't talk about my dad. People's like, oh, why don't you talk about his dad instead? He's alive. But I don't give a fuck. That's not up to you to decide. That's not up to you to decide what I can go for when you come at something that wasn't even on the table at all. So next time, you talk about my family, and bro, nothing is off limits. You want to get dirty? Trust me, I'm from the fucking gutter. I can get dirty and grimy. Yeah. Well, then that's kind of my point. Like, obviously, you, you you responded to that, but that's to me that's over the line. When he brought your father into it, I thought that's over the line. Like, you don't go there. You can 100%. talk trash all day long. You can say whatever you want about your performance or Even whatever. Even my coach, but- you can break up my, my coach. I don't mind because we're in this business. You know what I mean? But same thing. Like, just because you know you see my family in the cage celebrating with me, or you see me bring up my dad and inhale him, doesn't mean he's on the table. That's family. If you want to really get dirty, trust me, I've got receipts. I can get down and dirty. I go fucking foot soldiers in New Mexico. They tell me what's really happening. He has no fucking idea. This is war. I'm a general in this bitch. <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned International Fight Week 2021. You and John Jones. Do you think it'll happen? 100%. Trust me. I've seen him live. I saw him fight Thiago Santos live. Once I saw that, I was like, is this the guy that everyone's scared of? I think round four and five, I kind of just... I watched it, but it was just like, this is the guy? Dude, he, he fucking doesn't even finish people anymore. He barely finishes. It could barely finish a fucking sandwich. It could barely finish a whole camp without some fucking drama or USADA or something outside the cage, you know? Oh, self-officer, is it not too much if you can wind the window down? Like, the guy's a piece of shit. And he knows it. That's the thing. I'm not perfect, bro. I'm a piece of shit in my own right. But the difference between me and him is I learn from my mistakes and I make sure they never happen again. That's the big difference between me and him. But he's a piece of shit through and through. He never learns from his mistakes and repeats them over and over again. And that says a lot about him as a person. Yeah. Now, after after your fight, Izzy, you mentioned, you know, what comes next for you. And you've mentioned numerous times, and we've talked about it in the past, Jared Cannonier is a guy you got a lot of respect for and a guy you're looking forward mm-hmm. to. Now, I'm not going to ask you to repeat what you said about the fight with Robert Whitaker, but I'll ask you kind of flip mm-hmm. side. If that fight mm-hmm. plays out the way you expect it to and Jared Cannonier wins, what kind of problems does a guy like Jared Cannonier present as an opponent? Yeah, um, even John tried to, uh, can, um, he tried to dismiss Jared as a formidable opponent, but that's a grave mistake, bro. You can never do that with Jared because Jared is one of the guys, you sleep on him and you get slept. You get slept. And I feel like Jared is just, he's had a resurgence at middleweight. You know, he was a heavyweight, came down to light heavyweight, and then now he's a middleweight. And I feel like if you sleep on Jared, you'll get slept. He's a dark horse of the division, the guy no one's talking about. So I kind of have to set that off because I want a new opponent. I, I told you, I want to clean out this division, and then I'll move up like some people haven't. <laughs> they clean out the division twice over and decide, let me just hang around and fight some, some middleweights who are coming up. 
you know, and they try and sell you those wolf tickets. Like this is a tough fight, right, right, right. We all knew what those fights were like. We all knew those fights were going to be easy. The close one was Thiago Santos, and I watched that live, and that let me know this guy is not it. He's weathered. He's weathered. He's washed. He's done. It's over for him. Like trust me, and he knows. He knows where I'm at right now. He knows the power of momentum. This is a force you can't stop. This is a force you can't. You can't like an avalanche. How the fuck are you going to stop an avalanche when it gets going? It's too late for him. When I fight him, I'll finish him. I'll end him. And he thinks wrestling is going to save him. Cool. Believe that. With that being said, you've talked about clearing out the division. Uh, and again, I don't want to discount Robert Whitaker. I don't want to say he doesn't have a chance in that fight because yeah. obviously he's a former champion. But yeah. if, you, if you go through Jared Cannonier, I mean, is it is it safe to say at that point you've kind of already cleared out the division? I know Darren Till's the guy who talked about fighting, but Darren's coming off a loss. He's obviously not going to be fighting for the title next. I mean, is Cannonier kind of the last? Jack Manson. Yeah, I mean, is that? Jack Manson, yeah, that's I true. Think, is the guy that's... That's that's on the roll right now. He just beat um, Kelvin Gaslam in decisive fashion. Just some of these guys, they're great fighters, but they just don't know how to play the game. When I say play the game, I mean I don't mean like market yourself with a gimmick or whatever. I mean like they just don't know how to push themselves out there. Let like when the stock is up, you know what I mean. So they don't, no one talks about them after their you know great wins. But um, yeah, we've got him. We've got um Kelvin seeing what he does, but I've already beat him anyway. Um, let me see. I think that would be it. Jared, if Robert does well, maybe you'll see a rematch. I don't know. But all I know is 2021, fucking light heavyweight is mine. When you go to light heavyweight, and, and I'll, I'll take Jones out of the conversation right now. We just got a new champion crown in Jan Blahovich. Obviously, that's a phone. But you mentioned before, Going up to 205, is there a, you know, you, you talk a lot about how much you enjoyed watching Anderson Silva. When Anderson Silva was the best middleweight in the world, he went up and had some fun fights at 205. I was at his fight with Forrest Griffin, man. That was like watching the Matrix, the way he was out there doing his thing. <laughs> Amazing fight. That. James Irvin, same kind of thing. But if you move yep, to 205, is it title like, are you are you pursuing a second world title or are you are you pursuing fun fights like right now john wouldn't be a title fight necessarily but it would be a massive fight like what would 205 be for you 205 i'll take the belt i'll take the belt just to you know double champ it like some of the other fighters have um mcgregor dc you know i, wanna, I like the look of two gold belts on my shoulder um, I already did it with my interim belt and my unified undisputed belt when I was a double interim champ. But I, I like the fight uh, just to just to flex with that 205 belt as well. And I don't even have to do much to do it. I just stay the same you know, frame that I am. I don't have to pack on muscle like these guys think, like John's doing. You know, huh, they're making grave mistakes, bro. But it'll, that'll keep. It'll come back and bite them in the ass when it's time. Yeah. Do you feel like, though, because you want to be you know, champ, champ, double champ, that you'd still want to fight middleweight, too? Like, would it be a back-and-forth kind of thing? Or if you go to 205, would you just want to be at 205? Nah, man. Middleweight's mine. I'm definitely the middleweight. Middleweight's my, my, my perfect weight class. So when I do 205, I would just hold up that division once in a while. That's all. And I'll defend my belt as I see fit. But that's that's all down the line. Like, I, I I deal with things as they come. I plan for the future, but at the same time, there's so many variables in this game. You deal with things as they come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before I let you go, Izzy, let me ask you, or let me, let me compliment you and say congratulations on the Puma deal. Uh, that is such hey, a big deal, you. man. That is such a huge apparel shoes. I wrote about it a couple of days mm -hmm. ago, man, how big of a deal that is. 
Uh, and you're the first mm-hmm. to ever do it, man. Like, I know, you know, again, you, you earned it. You've obviously earned it. But, man, it's got to feel cool to see something like that come together. Man, that's one of those things that you, you, you only dream of, but you knew it was going to happen, but you never really, I don't know, what's the word? You never really... It's, it's it's still surreal when it happens. Like, you know it's going to happen, but you never really... I would say I don't believe it because I always knew shit like it was going to happen. But I just... When it happens, it's like, damn. Damn, Puma fucks with me. <laughs> and yeah, I'm telling you, man, people are sleeping on Puma, man. People have been sleeping on Puma because already I've been shopping on the website and my God, the range, the range of kicks, the range of track suits and, and gear they have. But the kicks, I'm telling you, people are sleeping on the kicks, bro. Like, it just it baffles me, but I'm about to put Puma on again wake people up. Yeah, when is the uh, when is the first uh, style bender shoe coming? When is that going to come? Oh, yeah. Maybe next year. Next year, I'm thinking next year before Christmas. That's that's the plan. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Last thing I'll ask you is, I'll get you out of here on this. You've been stuck in quarantine uh, after you got mm-hmm. home. I remember talking to your teammate Dan Hooker when he went through it as well. So uh, quarantine mm-hmm. when it's finally up. What's the first thing you're going to do when quarantine is finally over? Go see my dogs. That's the first thing I'm going to do. Go get my dogs from the trap house and we're going to go for a nice long walk and play. I love it. I love it. Uh, Izzy, thank you so much for taking the time again. Congratulations on the win. I really appreciate taking the time. And uh, again, uh, hopefully we will chat again soon. Uh, enjoy getting out of quarantine and, uh, and thank you for doing oh, this. I really do appreciate it. I mean, thank you, sir. All right. Talk to you soon. See you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to the Vox media podcast network.